You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Friday edition of the A-Side Live Chat. Now, normally we do just Wednesdays, as you all know, but during this COVID-19 pandemic, we decided to bring it three times a week. We did Monday, we did Wednesday, and now we're here on Friday. We're trying to get more fighters on to get their perspectives now that everyone has more time. So for this Friday edition of the A-Side, we have UFC welterweight contender Michael Chiesa joining myself and Pizza Carroll. Now, before we get into questions and what have you, uh, Mike, we were talking a little bit off camera before we started. How's quarantine life for you? Uh, So let all the Listeners in right now, uh, give them an update on how you're handling this quarantine epidemic. Um, I mean, I'm handling it as best as I can. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Um, just trying to stay home, stay healthy, stay safe, stay home. Um, thankfully, I get along really well with my fiance or this would just be sure. a total disaster. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, so um, I guess it's just. I'm always complaining that I'm always just so busy and I never get a chance to rest. And now I'm like, wow, I'm pretty much forced to sit around and be a couch potato. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty eager to get back to normal life and get back to a regiment, but I'm making the most of it. Well, you and I spoke, uh, when you were backstage, you were a guest fighter. I think it was at UFC 240. And you were saying when you were a lightweight, you would rack your brain so much trying to stay, uh, keep your diet on track even when you weren't fighting. So I imagine during this pandemic, you're glad you're at a welterweight right now, right? Yeah, I mean, as we speak, I'm eating toaster waffles. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm glad I don't have to follow a diet because I'd be, I, I, I gained more weight and ate more when I was at lightweight. I don't know, maybe it was like a mental thing, but sure. yeah, I'm like embodying the 80-20 diet, like 80% of the time <laughs> during the day, we have like a good breakfast, good lunch, good healthy dinner, and then once nighttime falls, I'm like a box of cereal deep, eating fruit snacks, <laughs> kind of eating like a dickhead. That's the hardest thing to do. It's not hard to like work out like at home, like I have a garage, I have a heavy bag, I got some weights and stuff. So working out is not an issue maintaining like some level of fitness but it's the diet thing like i just cannot i'm constantly fighting myself to not eat like every hour of the day well now as as everyone that's followed the show this show for the since the luke thomas days uh into the mark and sean days we answer fan questions on this so uh a lot of fans have sent in questions specifically for uh, uh mr kiesa here uh casey's behind the camera running things as usual maybe he'll pop in if he wants to give a recommendation <laughs> for documentaries as he's known to do uh but casey what's our first question uh for mr kiesa all right first question is from Ted Bear, on the site, one of the best attitudes in the UFC. How does Mr. Chiesa stay so positive amidst all the squabbling? If I had to deal with Colby and Dana, I'd end up locked in a mental clinic. So, uh, Mike, uh, as Ted Bear, longtime commenter, says, you are one of the most more positive fighters uh, in the UFC. So to answer his question, why are you so positive all the time? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I'm just a pretty laid back guy, man. There's not a lot that really ruffles my feathers unless you talk about my mom. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious, <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I just don't let that type of stuff get to me. You know what I mean? I think that there was a time in my career when it would have, um, like I always talk about how 2017 through 2018, I kind of almost was like, it was like I was conforming. Like it was like, I started to turn into the brash start talking trash to my opponents do this kind of social media thing and you know i think it, if i was still that person today i think it probably I, w- I wouldn't be the same way but that's just not true to who i am man i'm just a pretty laid-back guy everything that's kind of bullshit just kind of comes in one ear and out the other and i mean life sucks when you're unhappy <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm not gonna let any type of squabbling or any of that shit get to me unless it involves my mom <laughs> Casey, what do we got for another one for Mr. Chiesa? Thanks for the question again, Ted Bear. You've been <clears> one of our longtime listeners. Okay. All right. Question number two is... Has Mike spotted a Yeti yet from Craig Gerder Smith? So, Mike, you are in the Pacific Northwest. So, how many Yetis have you run into up there? You know what's funny is I have like a little Yeti statue like two feet away from me right now i just can't reach it so I was, if i could I'd, I'd reach out and grab it and be like yeah i spotted one right here but 
No, I haven't, man. But um, I'm a, I don't care. I'm a true believer, dude. There's a reason why I have like a Sasquatch tattoo and a Yeti tattoo. I I believe there's something out there, man. How could there not be? It's just a lot smarter than we are. And obviously it's doing a lot better job of social distancing and self-quarantining because <laughs> that guy's not near anybody. <laughs> Maybe it's a girl. Maybe it's a guy. Who knows? But yeah, I haven't spotted a Yeti yet, but trust me, when the day comes, it'll happen. And I actually, when I was, uh, when I was a little kid, I grew up in Newport, Washington, um, which is like way north of here, pretty close to Canada. And we had a crazy, like geriatric old neighbor that like came over and said he saw a Sasquatch. And so me and my sister, like put flowers in a Dr. Pepper can, like took some food from the house. And we're just like walking around our back yard looking for bigfoot like hey bigfoot where are you like, trying to bring in screens and stuff so yeah i pursued him i've just never seen him well i like the theory that he is indeed smarter than us and i people always say like where how can we haven't found their remains i think they bury their dead like we do so that's why we can't find like everyone goes how come i haven't found a big uh bigfoot or a yeti skeleton i think they are intelligent enough to bury their dead so we just haven't found anything out there. I don't know if you've been to the Pacific Northwest, Pizzi. Uh, it's, no. <laughs> it's a, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of trees up there, <laughs> to put it mildly. Oh, yeah. You should oh, see where I live. I live in the woods, so it's like just trees and green everywhere. I, I remember I saw something about these guys that um, are trying to find Sasquatch, and they seem like a pretty cool bunch of people. I, I would like to spend <laughs> a lot of time with them, to be honest. Isn't there a show like that? Isn't like Joe, Joe Rogan yeah. on it once? I think that's what I think I must have saw it on something to do with uh, a Rogan thing or something. But um, they were hilarious. I, I would have I would happily spend all my time around those people and, you know, um, worship their giant monkey god, the Sasquatch. I'm very happy with that. Right. There's actually three. So so there's a third what? one. That a lot of people don't know about there's there's Sasquatch. There's the Yeti, the abominable snowman. And then there's actually one called the skunk ape. And if you look up skunk ape on Google, the skunk it was ape. A, skunk ape it was a sighting in the everglades down in florida and the sighting it's actually kind of a creepy picture um but yeah so there's actually three so there's the yeti the abominable soul man and skunk ape and that's my gonna be my last big tattoo is my skunk ape tattoo i gotta get the three <laughs> i gotta get the third one man i gotta get the third one you know oh, what? what i say dude no offense to anybody like i'm not trying to take a shot at anybody but i just if, it, if I'm going to get a fable creature tattooed on my body, it's not going to be a dragon. And that's a little more normal. You know, you see a lot of dragon tattoos. So it's like if I'm going to get a fable creature tattooed on me, it's going to be something that's like the least of my native land. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not Asian. I don't know why I'd get a dragon, but I know why I'd get like a Yeti or a Sasquatch. Well, I just you're going to send so many people down rabbit holes here. So many people are going. Down yeah, rabbit holes. I just looked up. At least skunk. I have time to do something with it. <laughs> you got time to dive on in the rabbit hole. That is a terrifying photo of a skunk ape. I just looked up. It's like, yeah, golly, that's a real photo. Yeah, of course, it's a real photo. It's a skunk it's like, ape. You look it up. It's literally like a giant monkey, like peeking out of the grass in the Everglades. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not him? Wow. <laughs> that's a statue of the Bigfoot or the, the Sasquatch, I'd say. Skunk yeah, that pig, that, it's weird that this Sasquatch picture you're showing me, he has like the opposite of a treasure trail. He has like no nipple hair and there's no <laughs> – that's skin. That makes no sense. He's like – usually it's like skin and then the treasure trail. That guy's like the opposite. He's got this skin around the hair. I see the skunk ape now. It's absolutely terrifying, lads. That is fucking terrifying. Just these little glass, little red eyes popping out of the, the foliage there. Wow. Yeah, and, and the big underbite. It's like, holy shit. And they've named a strain of marijuana after him, I see. Oh, yeah. Did, did Casey's they? throwing it up there. How would you fight him, uh, Mike? I mean, if, if it came down to it, it's just you and the, uh, the skunk ape stripped. Stripped to the waist, um, collarless and shortless. How would you do it? How would I do it? As yeah. in, like, what do you mean? How would I do what? Like, how, how would do I... you? How do you begin to attack the skunk ape? Ooh, um, God, I don't know. I would really honestly believe that those, like, these fable <laughs> apes—they got to be fast as shit. I mean, you see how fast like a, gr a gorilla is. You know what I mean? Like, th there's a reason why we haven't seen them. So I would probably just like go fetal and just like hope for the best. You know what I mean? Like. 
you, there's no way. Would you trust your squeeze? Would you trust your squeeze that guillotine on one of these skunk apes? I think you could go for it, man. It's been pretty successful. My, my Sasquatch stretch. So I call it, it's like it's what I called the. Uh, if you actually go on my Instagram, that's what I called the the Camaro that I call call Carlos Condit with. I call it the Sasquatch stretch because I think one arm Camaro just is kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, it's like if I ever became a pro wrestler, that would be my special move. Well, speaking on that, I think I watched the interview where Matt Riddle, someone asked Matt Riddle a similar question, like, how would you fight a bear or a Sasquatch or something, where he basically said, I would matador him and then, like, grab his fur and then just, like, climb up and then just, like, rear naked choke it. That's confidence. Yeah. Do you guys see that that thing that just came out on the internet about that dude that survived the bear attack? This was just, like, yesterday. Oh, my God. What the fuck was that? That is horrendous. That was, dude, that was awful. I, I didn't even think it was real until I actually like scrolled over through all they the pictures. They started talking? And, yes. And then you can oh. see he actually had his face reconstructed. Have you seen it? Yeah. No. Oh, my God. I'll it's, send it dude, to you right now, Jose. I'll send you right now. Do I want to watch this? <laughs> dude, it's wicked. It's wicked. Like, it's it's hardcore. Have you had That's any bear experience up there? Have I had any bear experience? Um... No, I've had, I've had, actually, I've had mountain lion experience up here. Oh, God, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I have like, you want, okay, so you're talking about how like Matt Riddle talked about how he would fight a bear. I'm so weird, dude. I had this, <laughs> I have this like, I have this like daydream that like I'm going to be taking the garbage out someday and there's going to be a mountain lion there and I'm going to have like this man versus wild moment where I'm going to like tangle with a cat. Like, I think about it all the time, but I actually, um, <laughs> So when I – there's two two kind of experiences I have with mountain lions. And one of them, actually, I didn't see one this time, but it's kind of a weird story. So when I first bought my house, it's like I live in a cedar log house in the woods. And this is right when I moved in. I had no curtains in my house. I had no furniture. I had just a couch. So I would just sleep on the couch in the living room. And the first night I ever slept in the house, I just got this really weird feeling. Like I'm like someone is – and granted it's the first night in the house it's got big windows i'm thinking like it's got to be what it is but i just had this really freaking weird feeling and i was talking to my sister that morning telling her about it the next morning telling her about it and, and later that night she sent me this news article of these people that live like less than a mile from my house how their game cam went off the night before and it was four mountain lions walking in a pack through their freaking yard and i'm like oh, okay like I, I think that feeling was warranted and then uh, the other time was I actually saw one in broad daylight just crossing the street when I was about to turn the corner to my house. I was just driving driving home from practice at 1130, and I, that thing just casually walked out and just walked across the street. Like, it didn't even run. It just, like, just came walking out, took its time, and it was, like, super low to the ground. But the head was, like, touching the side of the road, and its tail was, like, touching the, the middle line. The thing was so low. It it was long. It was really long. And I was like, it just made it like way more creepy. Like I would have turned around. Well, I had to go home. And I actually, I wanted to get out of the car and take a video of it, but I had uh, my little French bulldog with me. And I'm like, God dang. Would have eaten in one bite. Poor Stone Cold. Yeah. If he jumps out of the car, he's fucked. What is your dog's name? Stone Cold. After Steve Austin? (laughs) Yeah. His name is Stone Cold Kiesa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. he's a stud. He's fat as hell. Have a uh, future uh, subject for mixed martial arts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you watch that, but they do a documentary on fighters' pets. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, he's he's an interesting dog, man. He's fat. He's like he's like almost forty pounds. He's just like a chunk. Oh my god. But yeah, uh, Alex Caleb for this bear. Alex. <laughs> Uh, he has a comment saying that's very progressive of case of women can be yetis too. See, there you go. <laughs> Start a movement. Hashtag. Women can Hashtag be yetis women too. Yetis. <laughs> so if, if I ever get, if I ever get another dog, this would be my other wrestler name that I would name my next dog, which it's going to happen. Don't tell my fiance. She's going to kill me, but, uh, I'm getting a third dog and I'm na- I'm naming him dude. Love. I think dude. Love is his sick so, name for a pet. Of the McFoley personas, this is interesting because you're the first person I met where do love seems to be their their choice of all the of the four. McFoley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, and of course do love. Yeah. 
So do, uh, I, I, I mean, I hate to sound so like, there's like everybody else, but I mean, it was mankind for me. I mean, how could you ever forget? What was it? King of the King of the ring. Yeah. Six. I can't remember King the exact. Was King of the ring. Yeah. Versus undertaker, dude, mm-hmm. that was like the craziest freaking wrestling match. I mean, I don't, I'm not like a huge diehard wrestling fan, you know, but I followed it for a long period of time in my life. And I just remember that being the most crazy, the craziest shit I've ever seen. Like, Freaking mankind getting thrown off the top of a freaking. I thought like he died. When I watched it as a kid. I thought he was. Yeah. Dead. So I like. I loved all the personas. Personas. I love dude. Love. I love Cactus Jack. But like mankind, just that that match in itself was like, okay, this is this is the persona I like the most. This guy's just a lunatic. Biggest Bob wrestling history is when he won the championship uh, over The Rock. Uh, when Stone Cold returned, I think it was backlash against the authority or not the authority. I can't remember what it was called. I don't have to sell Pizza Carol this. He's, of course, the biggest wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. Well, music to my ears, all this, lads. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we got off our log. We can talk about wrestling the entire time, I bet. But any other questions we got for Mike, Casey? Um, Actually, <laughs> I was about to I was about to put up a, a image of the bear attack. And holy crap, that is disgusting. The vi- is it the video yeah. of the guy kind of like the vi- no? Listen, you can hear him talking. Man. Yeah, like I he's, see his mouth saying- moving. As I, like, you I still like, have oh, I can't, I can't, I can't put that on the show. <laughs> Dude, that's I'm like when I when I watch that video, I just like start touching my face. I'm like, oh my god, he's missing this. He's missing this. There's nothing here. Like yeah. it's like all his bones from his eyeballs down. Or just like disappeared like like steak isn't it like raw steak or something it looks like it's sick man it's, it's yeah it's really this is recent pre- yeah oh i mean i just saw google yesterday. bear attack in google and i mean in twitter just search go to bear go to twitter and search in bear attack and then everything will come no. up and you'll see it. great and a lot of rumors the out there suggesting okay, I'm gonna it was keep the, the I'm gonna keep the camera on you, Jose. So as you watch the video, I can actually watch you vomit at the same time. <laughs> oh. If that was Holy a skunk game attack, that crap. guy would not be alive. That guy's face would be, he would have ate his head. It's like, it's like Jose's his face is gone. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Just ridiculous. made me hungry. <laughs> his face is gone. It's like someone just cut his face. Oh my God. Why am I watching that? Yeah. Did you guys ever see the bear attack video that came out like last year, or the year before, where it was like the guy, he's taking the selfie video and it's not, obviously it's not as bad as this one, but you can see, he just has this huge gash, like going along his ear and down the back. And you can, it took me a few times watching it to really notice it. But the guy, the bear like clawed his freaking head, like over here, not oh. his face. And he's just like taking a selfie video. He's like, just just got a bear attack. It looks pretty bad. He's like, puts the camera over here, and you kind of see his ear hanging off his head. Like, oh fuck. Do you have any bears yeah. in Ireland, Pizzi? Just this one. Just this one. And she just she just she's just ooing and like just she's watching the video right now. So yeah, it's 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 a rough one, and it's like, dude, it's like a freaking train crash. You just cannot take your eyes off it, like. I can't do gore. I'm like, dude, I just, I'm not into it. Like I, I passed out during a Saw movie one time in the movie theater. <laughs> it was just a, too much for me. But something about that whole bear attack thing, I could, I just like could not take my eyes off it. I'm like, this is real. Like what the hell? Like it's crazy. Never watch film Irreversible if you don't uh, like gore. That's just a tip uh, for me. Oh no. That yeah, is. Don't watch never watch what? The film Irreversible. It's um, it's a French film, we believe, and it's was some of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen in my life. Um, oh, it's like just, it's please. like Faces of Death. Have no, dude, dude. One of my friends, one of my one of my friends fainted and went into a seizure watching it. Like it was that. It's a brilliant <laughs> film if you can take the gore. It's actually a, it's quite. Uh, it's actually a very good film, but it's probably you know most people think films should be entertaining. This film is not meant to be entertaining. It's meant to. It's on. It's a really it's good. Like a, it's like a, it's, it's, is it's, it like a fictional thing? Yeah, yeah, it's a fictional thing. But um, the violence in oh. it, and uh, I don't want to. I don't get like too much it. of the subject matter for this. Show. I'll never watch it. Honestly, okay. I just I, I don't, don't do that. <laughs> I'm so I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a puss. Dude. When I, I grew up, my cousin my cousin made me watch Faces of Death when I was a kid. Have you ever did you ever hear of that? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, dude, like. That shit's 
intense. I think that's what like what scarred me. I just was like got like force fed that stuff when I was young, and I was like, all right, I've had enough of this. I've, I'll pass on watching any gory stuff for the rest of my life, just except for it. bear attacks, apparently. What it is, it's, that, I don't know what it is about that video. It's just it's fascinating. I'm like, wow, this is like you would think that it's fake. You know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. it looks like it's bad. I can remember that face of death, though, the feeling of actually watching someone die, like, for the first time. Do you know what I mean? Because you never see this shit, usually, and you're a kid watching it, right? And then you see it, and oh, you're just like, what? I will never be the same again. That's what I was thinking like, when I was watching it. Like, yeah. Or like, the people getting their ar- like their arms sawed off, you oh, know what I mean? Shit. Like, getting their arms cut off, like, ah, scratch my eyes and then you're what usually the watching the, look at the, look at the rabbit hole we dove into. We just went from Sasquatches <laughs> to like faces of death. I saw some guy get his arms chopped off. You guys like, are sick, man. He's a bunch of sickos. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing hey, here. Man. You know what? This whole bear thing makes Lance Palmer a hundred times more badass. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen the Lance Palmer videos of him wrestling a bear as a yep. kid? Yeah. Wow. Well, guess what? Lance Palmer, your stock just rose through the freaking roof. You know what I mean? Like, what a savage. Lance and Habib just wrestling bears out like when they're younger. Nope. Yeah, I'm gonna give Lance more cred though because I he agree. took on a, a full sizer. You know what I mean? Like, what? you've never seen this pizza? Oh. No. Yeah. You this know what? Gross. And this kind of goes back to if you I, listen. I love Lance. That's my boy. And his dad Wayne the Pain is like, I hope someday I can be half the man he is when I'm his age. Wayne the Pain is the fucking man. But going back to uh, uh, Tiger King, they said there was some there was some footage in Ohio. You know what I mean? Was Lance? Did Lance I wonder if Lance's dad had any interaction with any of these weird big cat people. <laughs> they had a they had a pet bear. They had a le- legit pet bear. This you know is what I mean? wild. This is wild, man. right? <laughs> This is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Everything's co- everything's coming full circle, dude. <laughs> Wait, Mike, Mike, can, can you hold up to the camera that your coffee mug? Oh fuck! <laughs> hey! Oh no! Oh my god! Oh, you're living the life, man. <laughs> man, what are the odds? <laughs> Sasquatch. This is a side. Gone down a very random hole right now. So, oh uh, my uh, god! So for our podcast probably, listeners, uh, Mike, uh, Mike, what do you have on your cup? Can you, your, what is it? Um, this is a grizzly bear, and so I have like a coffee mug collection. I buy a coffee mug anytime I go somewhere new. You know what I mean? It's better than a shot glass. I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic, <laughs> um, so I'm pretty sure this this oh this is from Colorado. You can kind of see it in the. In the water, it says Colorado. Sure. So, so yeah. So this is a Colorado mug. Shout out to Justin Gaethje. There you uh, go, Pat Berry, Rose Nami Unit. Mug envy. Huh? I've got mug envy. Yeah, dude. I don't have a I don't have a Sasquatch mug yet. But not yet. Someone send them one. Send them. Someone. One of our listeners make Mike a Sasquatch mug. I gotta grab this little figurine. Do I'll it, show yeah. you this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh this i got, got this really cool i got this really cool guy that reached out to me and he's a fan and i hope that he watches this because he always he, he sent me a couple of these figurines i'll actually post the link like in my uh instagram story so you can see it but he sent me like this guy oh, and it's like really it's like it's like he like hand carves these things it's really it's really interesting I, I i don't know if it's wood or not it's a definitely some type of weird material but you can tell that he 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 hand makes these and he he paints them himself and stuff and I got a bigfoot one upstairs but this is the recent one he sent me is this this freaking badass yeti and yeah, I think he looks like me because we have the same unibrow you know what I mean <laughs> we've got the same unibrow angle. and beard right yeah yeah but I'm like dude you're the man like the 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 truth be told just like you're saying man the community of people that believe in Sasquatch and are into that they're all really cool people you know what I mean yeah. A lot cooler than fucking big cat people. That's for sure. <laughs> I hope they're just as weird, though. That's the oh, thing. God, if I if I still had my mullet that I had a couple of years ago, oh, I would one hundred percent. I would fully embody. I would be Mike Exotic for sure. I would be. <laughs> I would be. If I was locked up right now, I would be at Fred Meyer buying the cheapest hair bleach and just going all in. 
Have you always, did you ever have another time when you had the mullet as well? I really appreciate a good mullet and yours was fantastic. Was this a thing throughout your teenage years as well? Uh, yeah, I've, I think I've had a mullet for like the better part of my life. I've just kind of had to grow up a little bit. You know, the last one, the last one's not the last one, but uh, I'm going to wait a little while because I'm going to grow one more and it's going to be like down in the middle of my back. It's going to be. Whoa, that's like Joe Dirt style right there. Just raunchy, raunchy. Dude, I, <laughs> snowboard a lot. I snowboard a lot. So I'm around all these crazy like ski bums with the wicked mustaches like and, and crazy haircuts. Like I'm into it, dude. There's nothing like when you see a dude flying down the mountain on, on skis and he's just got his freaking his Kentucky mud flap in the back, just, just flapping in the wind. You know what I mean? Kentucky mud flap is the ah, man. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I didn't ever heard that before. <laughs> oh, oh man. write that down. He's continuing writing that down. <laughs> he writes down movies and things to look up, and he writes on Kentucky mud flap now. That's amazing. Being a taste of America. Yeah, man. Yeah. Lots of lots, lots of good content here. Lots I'm getting all of the Americana in one episode of the A side here. I, I feel yeah. like I'm really exploring your guys' culture finally. Big cats, <laughs> Bigfoot, and mullets. Those are the big three right there. Yeah, it's, and it's different up here, man. Up in Washington, I live. So I live close to the Canadian and Idaho state border and you see some shit in Idaho, man, which by the way, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fucked up, dude. Cause like, pardon my language, but like Hayden Lake in Idaho, Hayden Lake is like the, has the most white supremacist per capita Lord. And I'm not going to pull any of my punches. These white supremacist people are fucking idiots. And you'll just see him like it's legal to ride a four wheeler in the streets and things like that. So you'll just see him like Confederate flag on the back of the four wheeler, no helmet, like riding back from the grocery store with their groceries bundled down. Like I'm like, you fucking white trash. Anyone that ever says to me from now on anything about Idaho, I'm just going to immediately reply. You see some shit in Idaho, man. (laughs) You, You do. That's for sure. I'm taking all these Mike Mav quotes to use in my general American conversations from now on. <laughs> nice Kentucky mud flat, man. <laughs> yeah, he's bald. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a good conversation starter. <laughs> so people really wave the Confederate flag in the Pacific Northwest? Not not really in Washington. Okay. Not. I mean, once in a while, maybe. You'll see it, but in, I mean, in Idaho, it's kind of a big thing. Like, it's it's there's a lot of white supremacists in Idaho. Jeez. It's actually kind of it's kind of messed up. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't like to offend people in their religions, but that's just one that I can't really pull my punches with. I think it's a total. Nor joke. should you. Yeah. Man, they're all a bunch of fucking idiots. You know what I mean? But yeah, Hayden Lake, man, look it up. There's a lot of lunatics out there. All right. Like a lot of them too. The guys that are actually like Aryans, you can tell. Um, and I, I might stand corrected, but to my understanding, um, I was told a while ago that the guys that are part of like the Aryan Nation gangs, like the white supremacist gangs, they wear red suspenders, but they don't put them up. They let them hang down. So they have yeah. like red. So that's like their little insignia. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> we so don't put weird. our suspenders on. Because <laughs> we're hardcore. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, wave my flag. You know what I mean? Uh, crazy. I wasn't going to take this guy seriously, but then I saw his drapes suspenders. <laughs> I know. Now, watch out. Don't fuck with that guy. You know what I mean? Probably, oh, my. Probably wrote his three liter to pick up a freaking six pack of Natty Ice Tall Boys or something. You know what I mean? Something just raunchy. Uh, fucking Idaho. Yeah. It's actually not all that bad. I mean, I'm talking about all the bad stuff, but. Um, like there's, there's a city called Coeur d'Alene in Idaho and it's like absolutely beautiful. And there's like, I think like post Malone bought a mansion out there. I think Alex Rodriguez has a mansion out there. There's a lot of like, yeah, I've heard a lot of like, like musicians are moving to like the Wyoming, Idaho area to make music these days just to get away from everyone. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's a beautiful place. I I love where I live. Like I love the, the little pocket of America I live in just. I'm not. I'm not a Seattle guy. I'm. I'm. I like being on the east side of the state. I like being around the mountains and just a lot of. It's very calm, you know. And being close to Idaho, I live in a great spot where I can go 
40 minutes north and cross the border to Canada, or I can go 40 minutes east and I can get into Idaho. And there's just, you know, it's kind of get the best of three worlds. There you go. Are so you pretty Lake. secluded there, Mike? Like, I mean, is uh, your house away from everybody else or, or is it a suburb or what, what's going on there? Um, It's not really a suburb, but like I, I, my, I mean, my neighbor's house on this, this side of me, his house is probably, probably 20, 30 yards from me. And then the other neighbor, his house is probably like, uh, probably like two thirds of a football field away from me. So I have like space with nice. like, I'm in a, I'm in a neighborhood, but I'm not in like, like, a I don't, I don't know, like a development, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I mean, I'm definitely surrounded by trees. I have five acres out here. Um, yeah, I got a nice little, little setup here. A little good for my social distancing. Sure. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, perfect for that. Yeah. It's not too bad. Well, Casey, I'm sure we have more questions coming in. Any other questions for Mike? <laughs> I know we got off a little tangent. And people are probably like, get to the questions. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh, from John Smith, remember on Twitter, is Mike open to a fight with Jeff Neal? It's it not. It's not what if not. What does Jeff have to do to get that fight? Hashtag the A side. Um, you know, I'm pretty focused on the guys above me. Right. Um, Jeff's tough as shit. I, I mean, I saw his skills this first fight in the <laughs> series. Um, but I think that if he wants the bigger name fights, he should take a different approach. You know what I mean? Like, he jumped out on Twitter for no reason and just was kind of like, what are you going to catch his hands? I'm going to knock you out. You don't want the smoke. Like, saying stuff to me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not even going to respond to you because I'm just, I'm not into that. You know what I mean? If I get a guy like Gilbert Burns, who, no offense to Jeff, I think Gilbert's very seasoned and very well-rounded, probably one of the most well-rounded guys in the division. If he calls me out the way he did, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take the bait on that, but I'm just not going to get any spats. You know what I mean? It's like, if I ever ended up getting a Colby Covington fight like I asked for, and he started you know, doing what he does, the verbal vomiting and stuff, I wouldn't engage. I'm just not into it. So, you know, I could see myself fighting Jeff down the road, but right now I'm, I'm looking ahead of me. And a lot of people are like, well, you responded to the Neil Magny call out. I'm like, well, truth be told, I was in Ottawa drinking beers and <laughs> fights with, with a bunch of Canadians and I love Canadians. They're like, they're some of the coolest people ever. And they got me all pumped up. Like Neil Magny called you out. You got to tweet him. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tweet him. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really focused on the guys ahead of me, dude. I've been in the sport for eight years. Jeff's a young guy. He's really good. I mean, he's got the talent's great. He's from an awesome team. I have a lot of respect for his coach and the, the people at Fortis. Um, I can see that fight happening down the road, but right now I'm looking ahead of me and I feel like I deserve those fights with the guys in the top five. You know, I've been in the UFC for eight years. Um, and it's time to get what I'm due. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. to get a shot at a big fight. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm just looking at the guys ahead of me right now. You mentioned Gilbert Burns there, um, Mike, and he obviously has had um, he's had a great kind of resurgence since he went to 170 as well, right? Like he was making 55, like you, uh, probably yeah. a lot, a lot of weight to lose there. That seems to be it. Seems to be like a trend that comes along a lot where we see guys like you having fantastic runs at that higher weight division. Do you feel as though that's something you can only, only come to terms with after you've been in the UFC a while when you've gained a bit of experience? Because the whole weight cutting thing, a lot of people used to see it was for that early advantage, right? That early strength advantage. Is it just a comfort with giving that up uh, later on in your career that you find guys kind of do this um, after after a while of being in a lower weight class in, in the UFC? Well, it, I mean, it was tough to make that move. Um, mm-hmm. Like the, the era I started fighting, I started I started training in 2008. And, uh, you know, that I, I call that like, that was still to me like the Militich era. And when I say Militich mm-hmm. era, I say, let's spar the hardest, 10 rounds, new guy every minute. You know what I mean? The, the crazy hard sparring sessions, the cut the most weight, do everything in the most extreme way. So like I started, when I got into the sport, we were still in that very extreme era. And as time has gone on and I saw people like Dustin Poirier make that jump up, it was like, you know, it got to a point where I'm like, this weight cutting thing is like all I think about. And it, it I'm not getting any better. Like I, I felt like my last two fights at 155, I made no improvements. You know what I mean? I had, I had good camps, but once I got into the last three weeks, it was when I had to start focusing on the weight. I just realized like I'm, I'm losing all these things I'm gaining through the camp and I'm not like making any progress as a martial artist. So 
um, you've seen guys like Poirier definitely were like, you know, something needs to change. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was tough to do the, the, the going into that, those, those strange waters of a new weight class when you've been at one forever and you're so used to doing things a certain way. It's like, it felt, it, it felt wrong the first time I cut to 70. So I'm like, this doesn't feel like I'm doing anything. Like, am yeah. I in shape? Am I, am I in shape? Am I, am I, you know, am I ready for this fight? Cause like when you cut, when you're cutting a lot of weight, you do it the right way. You're running a lot. You are working out a lot of extra workouts just to cut weight. Like, I don't know. It was kind of a weird thing, but I thank guys like Dustin for being the front runner. You know what I mean? Cause right. I think it was, he was like the first guy to actually go up a weight class and kind of like spark the movement, I guess you could say. Well, looking at the welterweight division was, did the fact that it seems like the top of the division is very grappler and wrestling heavy, while opposed to the lightweight division, you have, have a lot of like strikers and all around, uh, MMA fighters, but you have like Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, Damian Maya, like all of these fighters that play into your strengths as well in this new division. Did that play any factor at all into making the jump up too? Um, it wasn't the style of the fighters at the top. It was more at the time when I decided to change weight classes, the water was a lot less muddy. You know what I mean? Um, my aspirations have stayed the same. Like I'm gunning for a world championship. I believe I'm going to win a world championship. I feel like I'm ready to win a world championship. Um, but like in 155 at that time when I was still there, you had, you know, Habib, you know, at the top Ferguson with the interim belt. Connor in the fringes, you know, he's going to come back and can get a title fight whenever he wants at that time. So I just thought like, I'm not, it's going to take a lot. Like I, I basically looked at the work Tony Ferguson was putting in and was like, do the guys won at that time, like nine fights in a row mm-hmm. and he hasn't gotten a title shot yet. I was like, I need to, I, I think it's time for me to go to a different weight class. But now the water's almost just yeah. as muddy. Because <laughs> you got the BMF title, you got the champ, you got, you know, I wouldn't say I wouldn't relate Colby to Connor because they're both different people, but Colby's kind of the guy that's number one sitting at the top. that's going to hold out for a title fight type of thing. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. yeah, the water's murky up here, but um, you know, with everybody being grapplers grappler based on paper, stylistically, those are my toughest matchups. I didn't wrestle in college. So Usman Covington, those guys have an advantage on me. Maya and Burns, they're black belts, legit black belts, world champion black belts. I'm a blue belt. I've never won worlds. I've been, I've even been submitted blue belt? to, I've been, I have three losses in my entire career, amateur and pro that I've been submitted. So obviously there's some deficits, but those are the challenges I want. I want to, I want to face those guys. Those to me, those are the toughest challenges. Striker versus grappler. I've been doing that my whole career. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, t- the toughest challenges to me are the guys that have the, 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 the better, you know, grappling accolades than I do. Are you like, you're like, when you say I'm only a blue belt, you're a blue belt the way like Matt Hughes was a blue belt for years and dominating black belts, that kind of way. Uh, I just never did ghee. I never did ghee. Uh, yeah. When a- Anthony Pettis served me a dish of humble pie big time. And uh, I used to kind of bash on the ghee and thought it was stupid. And when you find yourself getting submitted by a striker that trains in the ghee a lot, you kind of start to rethink things a little bit. You know what I mean? So. I can I can thank Anthony Pettis for being the guy that got me to to swallow my pride, put the gi on, and you know do it that way. So what what was the hesitation to to put on the gi for so long? It's not functional. Uh, it's well for one at the time when I first started training, we didn't have a lot of gyms in Spokane. So the mm-hmm. one guy that had a gi jujitsu program was like arch right, like they were arch nemesis to our gym. Like we did not get along with that school. And, you know, but and at that time, like my mentor is Lyle Beerbomb. I don't know if you guys remember Lyle Beerbomb. Mm-hmm. Um, he was badass for a while. Um, check him out. Definitely but, oh, I remember Lyle Beerbomb. He was, um, fa- uh, fancy, fancy pants. pants. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Fancy era, pants. Man. Yeah. What happened yeah, to him? He was, so, a, he was a great, how's he doing? He, I haven't heard about him in a while. He's, just, he's moved on. You uh, know, he's a family guy now. He, he's doing his thing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that was my mentor. So we did have a gi program where I started training and, and him being my mentor, he was just like, he's stupid i started doing it it's not functional the fighting it's stupid you just need to grapple i'm like okay all right well that's that that settles that so as time went on i just never i never thought to go train in the gi until pettis submitted me so i can thank him <laughs> and what are the benefits that. of that mike um 
I think it's good for me to slow things down. I, I used to be, I used to kind of have no rhyme or reason to a lot of the things I did, except for my catches. You know, I didn't really, I wasn't really taught a lot of technical sweeps or you know technical positions. You know, I, 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 I cut my teeth in an MMA gym. You know what I mean? We didn't have a boxing program. We didn't have jujitsu. We just had MMA. So, um, my catches were always on point, but I didn't, outside of that, I just kind of was like making stuff up as I was going. So the good thing about training in the gi is it slows me down. It makes me more technical. And like when I'm, when I'm in training camp, I never train the grips. Like my coach, James, we, he, he never has me train any like the, of the lapel or the sleeve grips. Like I'll go through the class if they're teaching that, like, and we'll do it. But when it comes to like my live grappling, when I'm in camp, he's like, if I'm wearing the gi, don't even grab it. You know what I mean? And I feel like that helps me a lot because it forces me, if I'm not grabbing the gi and the people that I'm going live against, they can do it. It makes me have to work more on my skates and doing them right. Cause you can't just turn your back in the gi and stand up. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. not a good idea. So, uh, it's, it's a really good training tool for me. And it's, 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 it's been a big part of this like refound success that I've been finding at 170. You know, it's really, I feel like this last fight really showed I polished my ground game off. You know, I can positionally dominate people instead of just scramble around and try and get submissions. It's really interesting. Yeah, we've yeah. had a lot of high level. Like, what was it? Monday, we had Anthony Smith and Mackenzie Dern on, and now we have Mike. A lot, lot, of, lot of high level grapplers coming on the A side. What do you think of uh, Quintet? Would you ever do that? Yeah, uh, I was actually supposed to do Quintet. Um, I was supposed to do it. Uh, me, me and Gilbert Burns were actually talking about it. <laughs> I like that guy a lot. He's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? It's it, if we actually fight, it's going to be. I'm happy. I'm happy to fight a guy that I have that I have mutual respect for. You know what I mean? But um, him and I were supposed to be teamed up. And at the time, no offense to my man Sean O'Malley. I love Sean. Sean's a Montana kid. I don't know if you guys knew that. Love Sean. We didn't know he was as good of a grappler as he is. You know what I right. mean? So. Burns, as we're talking before Quintet, he's like, oh, dude, I'm glad you're on our team. Like, I kind of thought I was by myself. I'm like, no, dude, this is going to be cool. Like, they and I are talking about, like, how are we going to go about approaching Jake Shields? Like, we're, like, talking, we're, like, game planning. And then, you know, Danny Rube, my manager, called me. And he's like, yeah, Sean said no. So you're not doing Quintet. And then it turns out Sean O'Malley is a freak on the ground. Like, holy crap, yeah. his, his, his ground skills are legit. He's a complete package. But yeah, I would love to do quintet, man. It would be that would be fun. I want to get into more grappling stuff. I think it's a great way to stay active. You know what I mean? It's a good that I think being as active as you can, it, it's important. Well, Burns BK is a hell of a fight, though. Can we just say for the record there? Let's not pass that up there. That that would say. be an incredible fight. Holy shit! Ooh, me and you, Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. Would be. Yeah. We've been it, it, looking at the moment the way you're looking at the moment. I think that's an insane fight. Yeah, we we're kind of been we're on a co- collision course right now. Honestly, we kind of always have been. You know what I mean? You know, you see how the UFC puts fights together. You do Pettis and Wonderboy. You do Maya and Burns. You know, you, you, Styles make you do Usman and Covington. You know, you, Styles make fights. And him and I are just on a collision course. And I, I think he's I think he's the most well-rounded guy at 170 pounds. Um, he can wrestle. He can grapple. And we just saw he can definitely strike. So. Yeah. Um, tough guy so we'll see what happens but I, I i think the world of the guy i think he's awesome you know and i i would rather have this fight happen while we're at the top than when it doesn't really mean anything because i think we're two of the best guys in the division and it would be a shame if this was a fight that was happening when we weren't even ranked you know what i mean i think that it bears a lot of weight now so we'll see what the ufc wants to do but I think we got a ways to go before we're matching any fights. You know what I mean? We got a lot of things. Yeah. So I'm not really dwelling on it right now. Once, once things start to clear up and I can get back in the gym, we'll sort this whole thing out. Fair play. Casey, any other questions for Mike? Here we go. That's the same Jeff Neal. Wow. That was I thought someone else was asking about (laughs) Jeff Neal. Hang on a second. (laughs) All right. From Jacob Farrar on Twitter. Unlike certain UFC colleagues, does Mike find it difficult to not be an irresponsible, reckless jackass for more than a couple months at a time? Uh, I imagine he's talking about the, and those are his words, not mine, from the news that came out yesterday regarding John Jones. So uh, to answer our listener's question, is it difficult not to be irresponsible, Mike? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, 
I I'll own it. I don't care, dude. I, I, I train regularly and it's not like I'm a jock. It's because, you know, I enjoy training. It's a hobby. Like I look at, uh, jujitsu, like I look at skateboarding and snowboarding and like these hobbies I have, it's just stuff that's fun. So it keeps me in shape, but I love beer. <laughs> I love pizza, but I don't like getting in law trouble. <laughs> I've never been, I've never been arrested. Uh, I've never had any charges, but I did almost get arrested actually a couple of days ago. It's just funny. Oh, uh, tell me more. <laughs> uh, it's I didn't do anything like bad, but uh, my sister was in town visiting for for spring break, and uh, I have like kind of a souped up Subaru WRX. It's pretty fast, and my nephew he wanted to go for a ride in it, and it's funny. He's he's a little guy. He's like five or six, and uh, he gets in the car, he gets in the front seat, and we're just leaving this diner that we were eating at, and. Uh, and we obviously were we were eating we had to get takeout we we're gonna go sit by the river and, and eat lunch and uh I, he, sit, he gets in the car and I, I go max do you want me to go fast he goes yeah and i go okay but if i get pulled over you have to get out and run you got to get out and run so that i don't get a ticket and i don't get in trouble you got to run because they can't catch you he's like yeah uncle michael i'll do it i'm like all right sweet jump in the car just start ripping Sure as shit, I get pulled over. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> no. Wow. And I was doing, I think, like 75 and a 25. So the cop <laughs> flips around, pulls me over. I roll the window down, uh, like lean out. And he's just like, what? He's like screaming at me. What the fuck are you doing? You're going to jail. Get out of the car. I'm like, oh no i'm not even like upset or sweating because i'm like okay i just it's a speeding ticket like this is gonna be my first time getting arrested i guess it's got, you know you haven't lived unless you've gotten arrested maybe sure. who knows but uh so this dude's ripping me and i'm like he's like what the hell are you doing i'm like dude i'm just taking my nephew for a ride he's like do you have any symptoms of, of covid19 <laughs> i'm like i'm like what <laughs> no <laughs> And he's like, I can't believe you would drive with your son in the car like that. And I'm like, you know, that's actually my nephew. He's like, oh, how would, how would your brother feel? I'm like, well, it's actually my sister. And she's actually going to be pulling up any minute. And so he's just torching me, dude, burning me down. And my sister comes pulling up. And what the hell are you guys out doing? And she's like, she's like, we were just getting food like a half mile down. The cop comes back, takes my registration. He, he reads it and he goes, Michael Kiesa, I go, yeah. He's like, do you remember me? I'm like, this could go bad. You know what I mean? Um, maybe I can't tell because your glasses. And he took his glasses off, and I recognized him. And if, if Officer Darren Powers, if you were watching this, thank you. But uh, but uh, he's just like, oh, I, I remember you, man. You remember me before your Canada fight? That was like ten years ago. I was like, yeah. He was just like, what the hell are you doing, man? Take your stuff. Get the hell out of here. I'm like, wow, that was intense like i i kind of called that one i said well gotta get on the car and run if i get pulled over max so <laughs> as as so then i go meet up with my sister and we eat we're talking about it and she's like when we drove by we all started laughing because max is sitting in the front seat of the car like just like <laughs> locked in straight ahead eyes wide open just like scared shitless and his rebuttal to me was just like He's like, you know what the first thing he said to the cop was? I go, what? He goes, you rolled down the window and you said, howdy. I was like, oh, sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> Good life lesson for him right there. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he'll never forget that one for sure. He thought he was going to jail. I was like, why didn't you run? Why didn't you run, dude? You got a job. You're supposed to run. Oh, man. <laughs> Dear God. American police are the scariest, though. They love shooting people over there, right? Like, that's <laughs> terrifying. Every time I see a oh. video of people in America, like, here's another policeman killing someone. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Oh, dude. And I, as he had me outside the car, just torching me, I, like, have this thing where, like, if I get uncomfortable, I'll, like, reach behind me and I'll, like, I'll, like, oh, play with my God. pant line. No. It's a weird thing I do. And I, like, reach behind me and he's, like... Hands out of your pocket! Like putting his hand on his gun, I'm like, whoa, no, no, no! I was, I was just leaving behind me, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't stress, no. Listen to this. Oh, it just be coronavirus, man. It's got me going crazy. I was went to jail. <laughs> I would just get shot immediately if I was ever pulled over in the United States. I just act wrong and they just put a cap on me. I probably deserve it as well. Oh, what can you? Do? I, I thought I was done. I was like, oh, going to jail. Uh, See you guys. Oh my god. Dear God. Well, we're running. We have about 10, 15 minutes left. So, Casey, any other questions for Mike? I know we had a few come in. Uh, <laughs> no. That's a picture of Yeti again. Oh. A picture of the Swamp Ape again. 
Got some good content there. <laughs> this is by far one of the more interesting uh, episodes we've ever done of the A side. Uh, hold on. Um, actually, uh, oh. ooh, this from Sean Danny Danny Rance. Uh, hashtag the A side. If you had to choose an MMA related family fortunes team, who are you choosing? All involved in MMA are available. Uh, well, I, first, what what's family fortunes? Yeah, you're gonna have to take me through that as well. I don't know. I assume is it family feud? <laughs> Is that what I it's supposed know. to be? Wait, wait, does no one know what Family Fortunes is? No, oh, I have no idea. No, what that's what it is, Casey. Oh, you enlighten Esther. Wait, 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 what was was the Family Feud? Maybe. Let's be yeah, Family Feud. Yeah, it's a UK version of 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 Family Fortunes, or yeah, you know just, what I mean? It's just the UK. It's the British version of like Family Feud. Okay, well, first, my first pick, one hundred percent, would be my boy, Strong Island Zone. Ally Quinta. That would be my top choice for sure. That's that's my number one pick. So I don't know how many people can go on a on a family fortunes team. I'm assuming five. So I think it's five, yeah. It would yeah. It, it would be me, it'd be Ray Janelle. Um I would probably pick We gotta do a whole family. Pro- you gotta do you got who's gonna be like you guys the seniors, kind of the you know, your age I'd, and kind of the young ones. I'd want Don Fry. <laughs> Ooh, that is an underrated answer right there. Yes, Don Fry, um, a little Valentina Shevchenko. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know the crazy something, somebody with an accent. And for my fifth, um, man, I think my fifth, I probably go Mike Perry. You know what I mean? And wow. then during the show, I could listen to Al and Mike Perry just talk shit to each other, and it would just be like two things going on in itself you know what i mean yeah it would be me buddied up with don fry mike perry and al talking shit and then you just have valentina just stuck in the middle smiling answering all the questions for us <laughs> well that is just a ragtag group of misfits if i ever heard that is the most random family feud team i've ever i've, I've a fighters ever brought to the table yeah well don fry's mvp and you know what you know what today is today is don friday Woo! happy don <laughs> friday guys yo Oh, Former ASU Devil Don Fry, me and him. For, for ASU Don Friday, I'm gonna go shave a mustache. Got I mean, nothing else to do. Casey, you're the only one dressed for the occasion with that mustache you got going on. God, it what is. a mustache it is. What a mustache. Really Look at that, man. In case you, I'm sorry I didn't submit my face to pain video. Oh, I, no, no, don't I, worry. <laughs> I have no excuse because I can't say I was busy because <laughs> I haven't been doing jack shit but i read through the lyrics a few times and i'm like god i feel awkward i if it was, <laughs> if i was drunk and i had, could play the music in the background yeah i could do it but i'm like trying to acapella it i'm like you will never get to me can't be done i'll do myself oh this is awkward so i can slip away <laughs> yeah yeah that was did, tough did, did i'm you, so did sorry you, did you did you get a chance to watch it Yes, and it was fucking awesome. Okay, and the yeah, second I watched it, I totally kicked myself. I'm like, yeah. God, I should have done it. That's what I was telling him because, like, don't worry, there were there were a handful of fighters that wrote back and said, "Oh, it sounds awesome." It was like, "Oh, but I can't do, it. I can't sing." I was like, "It's not about how you sing." It's just no, it's, yeah, it's, it's and like, like when I watch, it's like when people go to karaoke. Karaoke can be two things: you should be really good or really awful. When you're kind of in between, yes. it's kind of boring. But if you're really awful, it's just as entertaining as if you're really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I screwed that up. I think that if you'd have caught me at a time when I'd be drinking some yes. fine, some fine brewed beverages, I probably would have been like, "Yeah, let's do this." <laughs> I would have just like mic drop, start singing "Face the Pain." Yeah, you know what I mean. It's one of those things, isn't it? Even with karaoke, it's like you walk in saying, I'm not going to do this. And then you have a few beers and you're like, can't get rid of you. I'm, I'm up about five times. Now, like. <laughs> oh, yeah. My teammate, um, Sam Cecilia and I, we, we used to go out and have beers a lot together back in the day. We, we don't really go downtown anymore, but we used to go to this uh, karaoke bar called Monterey Cafe. And we were notorious for singing duets all Amazing. the time. Like, we would sing uh, Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow. We'd sing, like, all, that was like, that was our deal. And at this place, Monterey Cafe, you can get like pizza and 40s. And so I have like pictures I could show you guys where we're like mic in hand, PBR 40s, just like belting at each other. Like we used to do some Sounds like a good shit. first date spot. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, pizza, forties, karaoke. So, what, what are some of your go-to standards, Mike? When we hit when we hit the karaoke bars. 
Um, well, pic- picture by Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow is a good one. Beautiful. Um, if if I have to go to a, like if I have to go to a karaoke bar and I'm not feeling it, but I'm getting forced to sing, I always just sing tequila. You only have to say tequila. <laughs> 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 tequila you just only have to say one word so i kind of i go to that if i'm not like feeling the singing do you, uh, do you do the peewee herman dance the you know the tequila no, dance? it's kind of like i just kind of bob my head okay. kind of sit there you know what i mean that looked totally gay <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll loop that over and over don't worry <laughs> yeah that, or not, that just looked very wrong i shouldn't say gay. No, yeah. just not, that didn't look good i could have bobbed my head better with my hand away from me yeah. but uh <laughs> but i like to sing like uh garth brooks journey um i mean darren till his song sweet caroline, sweet caroline. i've been known to, to rip rip that a time or two but yeah garth brooks that's usually my jam if i'm doing it by myself well we got no more fan questions but real quick before you before you run out we got about four or five minutes left gilbert burns tweeted his top five cheat meals he said flan stroganoff dulce de leche ice cream and milk chocolate so before we let you go what are your top five cheat meals during coronavirus quarantine god i saw the stroganoff one i'm like i never would have thought stroganoff i like stroganoff um my top three would be i obviously i love pizza but if i'm like cheating i i always go to like a barbecue chicken pizza so barbecue chicken pizza um mike and ike's I love candy. I love candy. Um, Mike and Ike's, uh, cinnamon checks, cereal, tiramisu, and really any type of pasta. I'm a big pasta guy. I just can never eat it. Cause I would just, I would, I'd be fighting it like heavyweight if I eat pasta all the time. It's just it's heavy. The Italians are like that. Yeah. It's like, you guys, you got to watch yourself on this quarantine thing. Like I'm trying, I'm, stuck inside i just looking around i'm like well i'm not hungry but i'm just kind of sitting around what can i eat right now <laughs> yeah i have the cinnamon checks over there uh i i pretty much have three of the five things on that list <laughs> shout out to the italian kitchen in spokane they've been hooking it up guillermo cruz on our site said stroganoff he's he's our brazilian reporter said stroganoff is huge in brazil so maybe that wow. explains it really i had a so the chef justin Liu at uh the ufcpi we have this thing where uh, when I come to town, we'll make weird pizzas. And I had him make me a stroganoff pizza once. Wow. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll give it a go. I'll send the fork. Jot that one down. You got to jot that one down. Stroganoff, stroganoff pizza. Stroganoff pizza? Yeah. I'm going to try and make it myself. It was really good. It's um, it's a beautiful thing. The Italians, like you, you are you uh, of Italian heritage with a name like Chiesa? I think you would yeah. be. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that food is so beautiful, man. I don't know how oh. you can be a fighter, be of Italian lineage at the same time. It's like two opposing worlds colliding. Yeah, well, and Italians are fat because, well, I mean, there's some that are fat. There's fat people in every part of the world. Whatever, so, you know what I mean? It's whatever, uh, but Italians, like, they don't eat They don't eat a lot until it's, like, nighttime. You have, yeah. like, a light breakfast. Yeah, you don't really eat anything, and then you get to nighttime, and it's, like, a three-hour free-for-all. I, I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shout out to all the people in Italy. It's tough time. Guillermo wants to add that they also have stroganoff pizza in Brazil and also have french fry pizza down there, too. So apparently all the pizzas are down in Brazil. I love really? it. That's a uh, french fry pizza. That's interesting. Learn something. It's kind of fitting, though. Yeah. It's kind of fitting because, you know, pizza actually originated in France. It didn't originate in Italy. That's huh. scandalous. That's scandalous. It's, As it's an Italian it's, gentleman. It's, 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 well, it's the Italians that perfected it, but France, France sure. is from, or pizza's from France. Sure. I almost said France is, France is from pizza. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Well, we are hit. We have hit the 1130 mark, so we are out of time, Mike. But as usual, as per custom, the guest gets to plug or promo, whatever they want. So the floor is yours for whatever you want to say before we sign off. Um, yeah, usually I'd, I'd plug some sponsors and stuff, but I think I'd, I'd rather just be a little more serious and just say, um, you know, stay strong, everybody around the world. It's a very trying time, and I know it's challenging for a lot of us, and there's people dying, and there's people getting sick, and it doesn't matter what you believe in. This is just the time to to be, be, be thankful for what you have and stay safe and uh, stay inside and, and just stay strong. So 
Much love, guys. Well said. I don't think that Pizzi or I could follow that up. But for Pizzi, that's Mike. We'll be back on Monday. You can stay on our YouTube page. You can watch this. For, you can also find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff. Uh, Mike, thanks for stopping by. This is by far one of the most fast, like, fascinating <laughs> I've ever done on the A side. I learned more about Bigfoot in the last hour than I have in the first 29 years of my life. Uh, so thanks for that. Yeah, I gave you guys a few rabbit holes to jump in. You got time. I love it. I mean, we got, we got all the time in the world right now. But for PT, that's Mike. This is Jose. We're out. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.